Marilyn, thank you so much. What a great start. Thank you so much. Well, good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. How are you this morning? There seems to be a lot of red, white, and blue and all kinds of other smiles out there. We appreciate you being here because this is a day that uh, we have looked forward to in our planning processes for a long time. And God has blessed. If this is the very first time that you have been to First Baptist Church, Sun City West, in the pew in front of you, there is a guest card. We'd love for you to fill that out in its entirety. And when you leave today, there are four offering boxes at every exit. Just drop that in there because we would like to acknowledge your being with us today and just say thank you for that time. And we have some special gifts for you if you have already received that packet, and I hope that you will, will find that. Uh, what a great time. Um, we have set aside today, all the way through next Sunday, as kind of a patriotic week. Today, we celebrate America, and we're looking forward to our choir and their presentation of Celebrate America. You're going to be inspired and encouraged. Uh, you're going to be lifted up. Uh, if at any point you ever thought, gosh, I didn't know if we are going to be back, you know, America is back. And we love what God is continuing to do within our nation. Uh, there seems to be a lot of things that we would change if we could. But you know what? Through prayer and through believers standing up and celebrating what God originally had intended for America, we, as we do that, we're going to see a change. Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's a wonderful ideal, a dream, an idea our founders had. And specifically for me, a wonderful idea of religious freedom, religious liberty, to be able to come and gather together without any government interference whatsoever but to allow God to lead powerfully so today we're celebrating America next Sunday on July 4th we're going to be focusing on what the scripture has to say how we ourselves can engage in America to make America what God desires us to be so through this week we're going to enjoy that time and this morning uh, right after a hymn that we're going to sing we're going to look forward to uh, Bob uh, McElhaney coming. Uh, Bob worked in a, uh, taught in a Christian school for about eight years in a public school and 36 years in Los Angeles County. Uh, if you have any time to talk with Bob, you're going to find out a little bit about him. Uh, I'm telling you more than, uh, than he would tell you. Uh, he served as a principal, a vice principal, a teacher, a coach. Uh, we uh, would think about his uh, 36 plus 8, 44 years teaching in Los Angeles County. Uh, his main subject was advanced placement U.S. history, and so that's what he does. Uh, he is currently known in our, in our region as Bob the History Guy. In fact, when I called him, I got his voicemail, and that's exactly what it said, Bob the History Guy. The guy knows a lot about history, strong believer. I heard him speak a couple of weeks ago at Grandview Terrace, and I was uh, just... Uh, focused on what he had to say kept your attention a great understanding of both u.s history as well as our christian faith as it merges together 
what I liked about Bob, and I don't know if he knows I know this or not, but uh, four years, four times he was the most encouraging teacher, four times the most enthusiastic teacher, was a district-wide teacher of the year three times, had the award of excellence from the University of California three times, and the most inspirational teacher in Los Angeles County. Uh, that's saying a lot in that area, and what, uh, what a great time. He's going to, to, to lay the foundation after this next hymn. He's going to lay the foundation of the musical as we get ready to hear not only history, but music combined together to celebrate America and celebrate what God has done through us. Let's join together in prayer, and then let's sing. Father, thank you for the time and the opportunity that you've given us. We pray that through the power of your spirit, you will lead us and guide us this morning as we celebrate America, as we hold hard to our heritage, to our religious freedom and liberty, that God, we want you to be honored and glorified, not only by this day and the day that we celebrate as Independence Day, but Father, by believers in Jesus Christ, standing firm on biblical principles to live out a disciple's life in this country that would bring a great awakening. Lead us today, Father. Help us to move everything else aside. And today, we celebrate you and your divine plan. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand as we sing together, God of our fathers.
Anyway, it's, it's wonderful to be with you here today. I just want to share a few comments on what I call Christianity and American patriotism, okay? And I'm going to take out my, I go to the uh, ophthalmologist at the dollar store. I have 20 pair of these at home. Some historians have said people that came and settled in America were basically in three categories, okay? Number one, out of their heads greedy and crazy. Number two, incredibly brave and adventuresome. And finally, number three, deeply committed to following a new way of life motivated by their religious convictions. And I'm here to, to tell you what I think history teaches us. Believe it or not, the third group planted the strongest seeds. The first example of this was the formation by the British of what was called the Virginia Company. I want to just say a little bit about Great Britain and their history and that kind of thing. Uh, Great Britain and sometimes referred to as just England. And this time back in history, I believe, was the most advanced country in the world. They were also the most Christian country in the world. And we were founded by Great Britain or England. The first settlers came over from that country and they kept coming over and over and over and again. And I think it reminds me of the fact that we are a European nation. We speak a European language, we practice a European culture, and we forget that. Now that doesn't demean the additions that other groups, for instance, African Americans have had, mar had marvelous contributions to our way of life. Uh, uh, the same thing for Hispanic Americans and other, we are a, a, a country that is a country of immigrants. We're all immigrants. Even Native American Indians are immigrants. They immigrated over from Siberia. Of course, that was thousands of years ago, but they really came from another area at all. Now, the first example I want to talk about, they called it the Virginia Company. In, in a sermon, this was the, the first authorized group of people that, were, uh, that came over here to settle and they were supported by the British government. And I'd like to say this, in a sermon to the Virginia Company in 1622, the poet John Doane, Dean of St. Paul's Cathedral declared, we must be a light to the Gentiles that sit in darkness. He goes on to say, and when I first read this, it sent chills up and down my spine. It said, I, he, he wrote, God taught us to make ships, not to transport ourselves, but to transport him. He shall make this island, Great Britain, which is but the suburbs of an old world, a bridge, a gallery to the new world, to join all to that world that shall never grow old, the kingdom of heaven. Okay, um, finally we come um, to this, this, this concept of a city upon a hill. And I just want to mention something. You know, we all have heard about the Mayflower, and the Mayflower arrived in 1620 at 102 people on the ship. Uh, by the time they got to, through that first winter, only 38 were still alive. And the captain of the Mayflower, his name was Christopher Jones. He said, I'm going back to England. Who's going back with me? Nobody went back with him. 
they stayed. They were determined. And they built a little colony called Plymouth. And you can see it reconstructed today. It's called Plymouth Plantation, okay? And it's quite, quite fascinating. But the real ship that doesn't get a lot of credibility was a ship that came 10 years later and it led about 10 other ships with it. And it was a huge migration and it was a migration of a group of people called Puritans. And the name of the ship was Arab the Arabella, okay? And on that ship was the governor, the next governor of the Massachusetts Bay Colony and his name was John Winthrop. And he made a speech, well, we, we could say it as Christians, a sermon, he gave a sermon there, and it's called A City Upon a Hill. And uh, the, the sermon starts out, now the only way to avoid this shipwreck and to provide for our posterity is to follow the counsel of Micah, to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. For this end, we must be knit together in this work of, as one man, we must entertain each other in brotherly affection. For we must consider that we shall be like a city upon a hill with the eyes of the world upon us so that if we deal falsely with our God in this work which we have undertaken and so cause him to withdraw his present help from us, we shall be made a story and a byword throughout the world. Now. A number of other presidents have also used this, okay? Uh, Ronald Reagan, President Reagan, he used this city upon a hill speech and he uh, infused it into a number of his speeches and nobody made better speeches than he did. JFK did the same thing. Uh, more recently, Barack Obama talked about a city on a hill, okay? And I just wanna, uh, uh, define a couple words for you. He said, we shall be made a story and a byword throughout the world. The world. Now the word story in those days meant joke. The word byword meant a swear word. And what he's basically saying is that if we are not true to our religious convictions and we do not obey God, we shall become as a joke in a swear word throughout the world. And he goes on and says, therefore let us choose life that we and our seed may live by obeying his voice and cleaving to him for he is our life and he is our prosperity. Historians believe that just before the American Revolution, 70 to 75% of Americans were Protestant Christians, okay? That's pretty powerful. All throughout American history, we can see this played out in so many different ways. For instance, the four great spiritual awakenings, incredible spiritual awakenings, that each one of them produced all kinds of positive things. The growth of reform and changing things and reaching out, doing away with slavery, giving women the right to vote, etc., etc. Uh, secondly, becoming the policeman of the world. Now, I'm not sure we can do this anymore. 
It's very, very expensive to do that kind of thing. But that was Teddy Roosevelt's idea, and at the time, it was a great idea. You know what it meant? It meant that any other country in the world that was a smaller country and it was being overrun by a larger country, we would get in there with our military and we would stop that and we would defend those countries that could not to, to take care of themselves. Many of those countries today exist because of the United States of America. And another thing, they don't have a military budget in those countries. They're dependent on the United States military to keep them free. And what do they do to that money? They turn it over to welfare and education and all things like that. And then we, we use our military. And we can afford it. We are a very, very wealthy nation. You know, right after World War II and the time period after that time, I'm doing a little bird walk here. They estimate that after World War II in 1945, 1950, 1955, we live, most of us live through that era, okay? Do you know the United States with 5% of the world's population at 55% of the world's wealth and, and, and uh, industrialization? Okay, and that whole area we could use to help the rest of the world, and in many ways we did. And we have this incredible sense of leadership, fighting wars to save civilization, restoring freedom, justice throughout the world, foreign policy that gives away trillions every year. We are the most generous nation in the world, and we continue to be. And why is that? It's because we can be that way and because of the enormous influence of Christianity throughout our history, okay? And I think we need to remember that, that, that Governor Jonathan Winthrop, in his great city on a hill, we shall be like a city on a hill with the eyes of the world upon us, if we deal falsely with our God, we will become as a joke and a swear word throughout the world. And I don't think that's happened. I don't think that's happened at all. I still think that we are looked up to by the nations of the world as someone that defends the right of people to be whatever way they want to be. And I know this whole problem down at the border where people come up from Honduras and Guatemala and other places like that because their countries are run by thugs. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't think it's an open border. I don't know what it is. But I do know that we are still a city upon a hill with the eyes of the world upon us and that we owe it to continue to be that city on a hill. And I want to thank you, and I want to thank the pastor for allowing me to share a little bit at this time. Thank you very much. God bless you.
Listen carefully and you can hear it. The sound of America is heard in its bustling streets and its lonesome thoroughfares. It's the sound of a quiet village and a noisy metropolis. It's the sound of solemn worship and an energetic revival meeting. From the methodical hum of farming machinery to the jangling of construction sites to the clamor of Wall Street, it's the merging of a thousand cultures joined in one unified purpose. Above all, the sound of America is a song, and that song is freedom. And the songs we love. 
That song speaks of heroes who more than self their country loved. From the days of our early American patriots through current conflicts, these are the men and women who have served our country in military service. We want to recognize those of you who have served or are serving in our armed forces. And so we invite you to stand when the theme song for your branch of service is sung. Please allow us to honor you today. Air Force. Bye. 
give a hand to all our service men and women. As we remember those who lost their lives while on the battlefield, we pause to thank God for them and ask God to grant peace and comfort to the families and friends they left behind. And now it's our turn. We must join those servants of peace and proclaim as this song says, to gladly stand up next to them and defend our nation still today. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, New York to LA, what is pride in every American heart, it's time we stand and say. so much for which to be thankful. 
for those who have gone before us, for the blessings of liberty, the liberty we enjoy today, and for the assurance that God still has his hand upon us and will never leave us nor forsake us. Sing along if you'd like as we celebrate this great land of ours. This land is your land, this land is 
We pledge allegiance to our flag many times a year. But before we recite it together, let us be reminded of what that pledge truly means. Aye. Not a nameless face in a crowd, but an individual, a committee of one. Pledge. Dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity. My allegiance. My love and my devotion. To the flag. Our symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, let our loyalty give her a dignity that shouts, freedom is everybody's job. Of the United That means that we have all come together. States. All 50. Though divided with imaginary boundaries, we are united to be a common purpose, love for our country. Of America and the Republic. A government is the people, and its power should flow from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people. For which it stands, one nation under God. We are blessed united and sustained by the mighty hand of our Creator. Indivisible. Incapable of being divided. With liberty. The right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or retaliation. And justice. The principle of dealing fairly with others. For all. Which means you and me. Every one of us. Now stand as we recite this pledge together and remain standing for the national anthem. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which she stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. As Christians and as Americans, 
We must do more than recite a pledge or sing an anthem. If our nation is to thrive, we must pray. Many of our past presidents have been men of prayer. And so as an example of how to pray for our nation, we give you some of their heartfelt cries to God. Our first president, George Washington, wrote in his prayer journal, O eternal God, daily frame me more and more into the likeness of thy son, Jesus Christ. John Adams' prayer for the White House was, I pray to heaven to bestow the best of blessings on this house and all that shall hereafter inhabit it. May none but honest and wise men ever rule under this roof. Abraham Lincoln asked God to let us finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, and to do all which many achieve and cherish, a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. Franklin Roosevelt prayed that God would help us conquer greed and racial arrogance. Ronald Reagan stated that it is time to realize that we need God more than he needs us. The time has come to turn to God and reassert our trust in him for the healing of America.
etched in our architecture, printed on our currency, proclaimed through our heritage, and inscribed on our hearts, in God we trust. Political greatness rises and falls. Powerful leaders inspire, yet disappoint. Military prowess surges, then falls back. Even patriotic commitment swells and wanes. Our only hope for tomorrow is in the one who led us in the past. So to the giver of life, the author of liberty, we pledge ourselves honored and grateful for freedom.
So our only hope, as we go to a time of invitation, our request for you is that through this musical that God has spoken to your heart. He's spoken to your heart about how critical it is for us to live our Christian lives. And if we don't have a faith in Christ, then that's the very first step. If you don't have a place to call home as far as a church family, a home that would allow us to join together and to reach this community for the cause of Christ, it might not be crossing the Atlantic Ocean, but it is crossing the street and in our community. Today, whatever decision God has laid upon your heart, I ask you, as we stand, as you hear the invitation and as you participate in it, I'll be here at the front, slip across the pew, come down the aisle, and say, you know what, Pastor? This is what God has told me. Or you and God have that conversation as you're standing, as you're singing, as you're praying. Let God speak to you, and you make your commitment to Him. Stand and let's sing that invitation hymn. Just as be seated if you would. Didn't the choir do a great job? Would you, would you express your appreciation to them? Yeah. Oh, they worked long and hard, and uh, boy, what a great sound. Thank you so much, not only for all your work, but also for the presentation of a message that is so critical for us. And we appreciate that. And we do, so appreciate our, uh, our narration, Janie and, uh, and Fred. Good job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> and uh, Ellen and uh, Marilyn on the instruments. How about that? Great job. Great job. There's some folks back in that booth back there. There's about four of them back there that did a tremendous job so you could hear and see. Yeah. <laughs> None of this would have been possible if you didn't have somebody orchestrating it all, right? Nancy, if you'd stand for a moment, we'd like to thank you so much. <laughs> Ollie Barnes, thank you for carrying the flag down. It touches my heart every time that we see and are able to see that flag as a symbol of our freedom, 
and our, uh, our love for this country. Thank you so much. We do appreciate that. And you know, right after our, uh, our closing prayer, we've got a hot dog cookout. And uh, in just a moment, uh, Nancy will come and share the exact instructions because she knows them a lot better than I do. What I know is that there are hot dogs and there's all the fixings, and the guys are out there grilling. I think they're probably about done, and uh, uh, I don't know how you want your hot dog. Nancy says she likes hers burnt. I like mine burnt too. So if you'd leave at least two burnt ones, we would appreciate that very, very much. Um, but choir again, thank you. Thank you for everything. We appreciate that. And next Sunday, July 4th, we will celebrate and have the conclusion of this week we call Patriotic Week. Nancy. Thank you for being here today and for all your prayer support leading up to today. We really felt that and appreciated it. When you go into the CLC, you need to go through these double doors and go around the side of the tables that are set up because you are going to go in on this end of the CLC, that the end of the U, the closed U. You will get your plates and then they will put your food on your plates and you will come back out the opposite end. You may sit around tables in the CLC. We've also opened up 112 with tables since we've been in here. And if there's too many for those, that should give us about 120, 24. But if there are too many, then you feel free to come into 113. You'll have to use your lap as your table, but you can do that. Or go down the hallway to 104 and 105. There will be live music playing in just a few minutes on the platform in the CLC, and you will not want to miss that. Thank you again so much for being here. Our deacon, Mr. Forrest Goff, will come and lead us in our closing prayer. Would you stand for that, please? And a great day of celebrating our Heavenly Father, we come to you today with joyful hearts that we live in a country that allows us to worship you without fear of obstruction or reprisals from our government. This blessing we do not take lightly as we pray, Lord, that you help each one of us strive to preserve the form of government envisioned by our forefathers to maintain that freedom. We thank you, Lord, for the great number of talented people that have fostered our love of you and our country with the patriotic songs and hymns produced over our history. We thank you for our wonderful choir and musicians that work diligently to deliver the best of their talents in our worship and music. We're blessed by Nancy Jakes, our choir director, for always seeking the most appropriate music and performances in our services. We thank you, Lord, that we live in the home of the brave and the land of the free. We acknowledge that all those blessings come from you, for you are our God and we are your people. Thank you for the brief message of encouragement by our pastor. We pray that the Holy Spirit has touched the heart of someone today, that they will come and submit themselves to the saving grace of God through Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son. In his name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you for us. Good prayer. Thank you.
Yes, ma'am. 